0: It's time for Breathe Again Magazine, the radio show, a moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. Listen to real life testimonies from women and men just like you who have gone from victim to victorious. Sit back, listen, connect in the chat room, and share the show with a friend. Here's your host, author, and motivational speaker, Nicole Cleveland.
1: Hello, and thank you for tuning in. My guest today is Ebony Ford. After losing four babies, Ebony found herself pregnant once again. At 26 weeks, she became gravely ill and was rushed to the emergency room. Holding on to her faith, she put the pregnancy in the Lord's hands. Listen as she shares her victorious testimony and the miracle blessing sent from God. Her name is rain. Don't go away. Welcome to the show, Ebony.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: You are more than welcome. Ebony, when I heard your testimony on Clubhouse, I was floored. What a walking, talking miracle your baby is. Is she walking yet? She's not walking, right?
0: Yeah, she's walking. She'll be three in March.
1: Oh, wonderful, wonderful. What a miracle she is and what you had to go through in order to get to the blessing is a miracle in itself and a blessing to others. So thank you so much for joining me and thank you for your transparency because not many people will share that story.
0: I, um, I find it, um. I don't know. I think we do ourselves a disservice when we aren't transparent, when we don't share um, what God has done for us, when we don't share um, the miracles that are happening in our midst. I believe that faith is often birthed out of signs and wonders. People need to hear um, that God still heals, um, that he saves and that, um, you know, I believe that he does those things so that we can brag on his miraculous power so that others will know, you know, that he lives and saves and heals and all of that amazing stuff. All those things we aren't deserving of. He, um, he's amazing. Yes. Um, and I share it every chance I get.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Honey, you are talking my language. (laughs) We are walking billboards for him, right? We're the hands and the feet of Jesus. And we have to share, we overcome by the blood of of the lamb and the words of our testimony. So we have to share what we've gone through to help that next sister and that next brother that's going through what we have gone through. So take us back, Ebony, tell us a little bit about your story because you lost four babies And then you found out you were pregnant. And then 26, at 26 weeks, you became gravely ill. So talk a little bit about your story.
0: So um, my husband and I, um, after being best friends for some years, we married in 2012. Uh, We knew immediately that we wanted to start a family. Uh, We knew that Um, It was just part of our destiny. Legacy was huge Um, with us. We talked so many times about the legacy that we wanted to leave. And although we knew, you know, that you can have legacy through spiritual means and, you know, spiritual children and your works, your works in the earth, we knew that we wanted children. Uh, We knew that was God's promise to us. And we were excited to um, almost immediately get pregnant after we got married. Um, pregnancy was very uneventful until about 30 weeks. It was during that pregnancy that I actually found out that I had an autoimmune disease um, called SLE. Most people just know it as plainly lupus. Um, but the form that I had manifested itself in joint pain, kidney issues, skin issues. And, um, it was very odd the way that it happened because normally pregnancy puts, um, lupus in remission, but it was because of that pregnancy. I actually, solved a 10 year medical mystery at all these different things happening in my health and no one could pinpoint what it was so in a sense that pregnancy honestly saved my life um, so 30 weeks we find out um, that I have lupus and at 32 weeks um, I begin to experience symptoms that I thought were related to the lupus um, and I also experienced decreased movement um, and through going to my doctor, being sent to the emergency room and ultrasound confirmed, um, that we had lost our daughter, um, who we had actually named Selah, mm-hmm. uh, we named her Selah Eden, um, just kind of the start of, of a pause, a moment of pause, a moment of reflection for us. Um, it was just amazing that we named her that, and that, um, you know, unfortunately, she went directly in, into the arms of Jesus before we could um, ever encounter her, but um, that was a cord accident. Uh, we found that the cord had not only wrapped around her neck, but it also snapped. Mm-hmm. Um, so my abdomen had basically filled up with blood, so we went in, uh, we had to go through and oh have her. Um, this was just days before our planned, seas- our planned baby shower. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine, you um, not only the trauma of the event, but the shame, the embarrassment, the, the weight of having to come back and basically say, you know, I'm sorry, we can't, I'm sorry, this has happened. Um, although we ourselves were grieving, it kind of put us in a position to feel as though we had done something wrong or we had mm-hmm. inconvenienced others. It was a very um, complicated grieving process to say the least. Um, but as we got through that, we were confident, you know, that God would do it again. Uh, we knew if we got pregnant easily. We were we were confident that it would happen again, um, and we weren't rushing it. You know, we decided to just as it happens, it happens, and so have it a few months later, we were pregnant again. This time, uh, wow. we were far more fearful, um, sure, but optimistic nonetheless. And, um, unfortunately that pregnancy, uneventful as well, ended at 14 weeks, just standard early miscarriage. There were really no, you know, really no other explanation or a sign for it. Um, at that point we were just like, okay, something is very wrong here. We need to figure out what it is. Uh, we went through genetic testing nothing came up strange. Um, Everything seemed fine. And we just resolved to move on, to live. Uh, We're going to, you know, just enjoy our marriage because those losses basically consumed our first year of marriage. Our first year of marriage was rocky um, and not for the average reasons, um, just because of the loss. So for the next few years, we went on about our business. We got into school. I got back into school and my husband, um, he is a pianist. He's a songwriter, singer. He is a gospel art, a recording gospel artist. So he threw himself into his music and, um, you know, we just built, built us, you know, started to work on our goals. We were um, 25 and 26 at this time, still young, still had things we wanted to do. And about three years later, we found ourselves pregnant again. Mm. And this time we were like, okay, I think we're in a good place for this you know, I feel like we're, you know, our heads are clear. I think we can handle this. Um, when I first found that I was pregnant, I sat with it. I found out on my own and I sat with it for weeks, um, which was hard because I share everything with my husband. We were best friends before we were married. So
1: why did you sit with it?
0: I one wanted to make sure that it wasn't another early loss and I didn't, um, although I regret it now, I think I felt like I was going to like save him somehow from heartache. You know, if it wasn't early loss, there was a lot of um, spotting and bleeding early in the beginning. And I just was not confident okay. um, that the pregnancy was, you know, going to be well, but I found out the reason why that was happening was because we were pregnant with twins. Mm. So when I went in for my first ultrasound, saw two babies and I was like, Oh, I can't hide this. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't hide this. It happened to be the week before Father's Day, so on Father's Day, um, I basically told him, gave him the ultrasound, and it was amazing. Great celebration. Sure. Yeah. Um, and everything was was it was tough. Um, a lot more appointments, obviously, to watch us. Not just because it was multiples, but because you know we we had all the losses, and I also had lupus.
1: So Ebony, let me ask you one question. So um, after the two um, losses. This is the third one. So were you really fearful of moving forward or were you embracing it? Um, I
0: would say both. Um, it was a very strange duality. I was terrified, but I was also very much welcoming, mm-hmm. um, what was to come. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So this one was twins. Mm-hmm. And you shared it with your husband. He's excited. He's ecstatic. And what happens?
0: Uh, we find out that they are both boys. Uh, so we are ecstatic. Of course, he is. And uh, we move on through the pregnancy. We have a gender reveal. And two, uh, two and a half weeks after the gender reveal, um, we knew that we had a genetic condition called twin-to-twin transfusion. Mm-hmm. It's basically a cord placental issue where one baby is getting more blood flow and in turn more nutrients than the other. Our case was a bit more extreme. Um, Now there are procedures that can be done, you know, procedures that can be done in utero, uh, but at that time they weren't as recommended um, or as prevalent. And in our case, they didn't feel that it was severe enough to need that, um, there were just extra things I was asked to do, um, extra nutrients, calories, and the like. Um, unfortunately, we had a complete placental failure, mm. and in turn, we lost our boys <laughs> at 22 mm. weeks. So, 22 weeks pregnant, we found out, um, you know, that we lost our boys. Uh, we lost one before we lost the other. We lost the smaller baby first. And then unfortunately, the larger baby basically passed of a congestive heart failure, which is common in twin to twin transfusion. There's too much blood um, coming in, heart was enlarged. Again, catastrophic, Um, Mm. not just to our marriage, but to our faith.
1: Wow. Sure. Um,
0: We are both, you know, elders. We are both preaching and singing and teaching God's word where I mean the most faithful if if there could ever be one and we just felt like Lord I'm serving you I'm doing everything you asked us to do we're giving we're teaching we're lending our time and this is how you let things turn out um so it took a long time I would say about a year for me personally before I felt like my faith was fully and completely restored I was disappointed and I think we as Christians a lot of times feel um, shamed or we kind of ascribe to you know somebody all oh, to say you don't question God you don't question God I don't ascribe to that um I believe that if you know I I am his daughter that's my father I'm gonna ask questions I'm gonna absolutely ask why <laughs> you know I'm gonna ask what's up whether I get an answer that I like or not whatever i'm gonna ask um and i believe that prayer is simply a conversation and let's just say i had some very heated conversations yes yes god i was disappointed i was hurt um and i didn't understand why but again we ascribe to just you know what let's just live i um finished my degree my husband began recording um what was to be his first single uh, we moved on we got um began the process to get a condo we just life was just turning um it felt like you know we were healing from everything because of course you have something like that happen it kind of digs up everything that you really didn't heal yeah. from um yeah. you just brushed aside it brought it all up
1: hmm. uh,
0: and I think our marriage was honestly most affected by that last loss before wow. you know we. You yeah, we really ran to each other and clung to each other, but after we lost the boys, many days we were just up staring at the walls. Um we would wake up and just be like, uh oh, here's another day. And I mm-hmm. often tell people, you know, I wasn't suicidal by any means, but I did not want to wake up. Mm-hmm. Many days I just did not want to wake up.
1: Oh my I- god. And that's real.
0: Yeah. The pain sometimes can just be far too much to stomach, and I just I couldn't do it. Um, yeah, but, you know, through the grace of God, through prayer, through uh, wise counsel, um, great friends and family, we were able to, you know, come through the the worst part of the grief and really just focus on us. And yeah. I remember praying this prayer. I remember it so vividly. It was about six months after the loss, and I just said, "Okay, God, do not." Do not touch my womb. Do not fill my womb. Do not let me get pregnant. Mm. If I'm not bringing a baby home, Mm. I can't take this kind of disappointment anymore. I cannot go to labor delivery and come home empty handed ever again.
1: My God.
0: My heart can't take it. My mind can't take it. My family, my friends, it's just not fair. And, um, that was the prayer that I prayed and God heard me <laughs>
1: and answered.
0: Uh, well, eventually, but <laughs> right. the hard part was that for the next two to three years, uh, we finally got to the point where we wanted to get pregnant and could not, mm. um, had all kinds of testing done. The doctors could not find a cause as to why we could not get pregnant. Um, mm. And that birthed a whole other kind of grief and disappointment. Cause I'm like, okay, first we were getting pregnant a little too easy. And now something's wrong with us. Yeah. So you're going to take our babies from us and then you're going to slap infertility on us. Mm. You know? How, how unfair is that? Um, so I can admit now that it birthed a bit of bitterness and um, in my heart, my, my prayers changed my, my whole, and mind you, during this time, all of my friends who were experiencing infertility and loss, they're now having their first babies, mm. second babies. One of them even had a third, mm. all while we're still childless and we're still, you know, waiting. We're still- and faithful
1: now and faithful to the ministry
0: very very faithful I was um a senior elder at the time my husband's ministry music we're teaching we're preaching we're giving um not just in our personal ministry but also my husband's music ministry and I'm like God this can't be life this cannot be life so we just keep doing what we do and in October I'll never forget the day October the 1st 2017 Uh, We were in church and uh, my bishop turned to me and he said, I don't know what kind of tests the doctors have done on you, but they missed something. Mind you, this is a new ministry. Okay, We just joined this ministry about a month and a half before this.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: They know nothing about our history. They know nothing about the losses. They know nothing.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: He turns to me and says, I don't know. They've missed something. There's a blockage. Somewhere, or rather, there was God is touching your womb. Mm. By this time next year, my God, you will have a baby, Mama. And I turned and looked at my husband, and he looked at me, and I was like,
1: and he was like, "Did you tell him?"
0: And I knew I knew he hadn't. I knew nobody, nobody at the church knew, you know, our story. So Mm -hmm. I'm like. Okay, God. Now, mind you, this day, we were moving into um, a condo. We just got a condo. So we're moving in, and I'm hearing his words just flooding my mind, flooding my mind. That whole week, I just keep hearing it and keep hearing it. And um, that next week, I began to become very tired. I was just unusually fatigued. I did not feel well at all, and I couldn't really put my finger on it. You know, I was like, oh, well, we're moving, and you know, it's fall. And typically when it gets cold, um, you know, I tend to have more issues with my lupus. So I'm blaming everything on my lupus. By the next week of me being tired, my husband's kind of looking at me side-eyed like, something's up. Um, mm-hmm. do you feel okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't feel good, but you know, I'm fine. And by the third week, I remember my husband stopping me and he said, I need you to take a pregnancy test. Mm. I'm like, for what? We're no, we're not pregnant. No, Mm -mm, no, we're not pregnant. And by the day, symptoms kept happening that were so pronounced. I knew in my mind that I was pregnant. My my God, my heart just would not let me give in Mm -hmm. to the idea. Eventually, um, one day I began to have like extreme abdominal pain to the point that I was like doubled over and I knew I couldn't ignore it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to figure out what was going on with me. And I called my husband at work and I'm like, something's up, you know, I'm in pain, something's not right. And I was like, well, let me go ahead and just take this test because if I'm not pregnant, something is very, very wrong. And if I am pregnant, something is very, very wrong. You know, this could be topic um you know something could be wrong so I broke down and I went um anybody who suffered with infertility you know that you kind of keep a stash of tests like way 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 in the back of the cabinet mm.
1: um,
0: and I had this stash that I had for years and had not touched I looked you know making sure they weren't expired nothing was expired so I was like, let me just go ahead and take this test and just prove myself wrong I took the test and before I could sit it down on the counter, the lines were dark.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: And I looked at it again and I was like, no, that can't be right. Took another Mm. one and the same thing happened. Mm So I called my husband. I'm like, yeah, we're pregnant. And he's like screaming. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. So I'm like, okay, that's good. But something's wrong because I'm in a lot of pain. Something's off. So he comes home. We go to the emergency room. And we found out through blood work, I am indeed pregnant. Um, blood work looked like I was about three to four weeks pregnant. And um, oddly enough, the dates of conception ended up coming back to September 30th through October the 3rd.
1: The hmm.
0: prophecy was on October the 1st.
1: Wow. He did a quick work. Yes. Yeah, so he did a quick work.
0: If I was already pregnant Yeah. When when my bishop said it yeah literally like at the second that it happened it's almost like it happened when he said it so we're like wow okay all right faith walk we're gonna do this we're gonna be faithful we're not gonna think on negative things yeah let's barge full force ahead so what Mm -hmm. I did was I just went and started buying baby clothes I started buying baby girl clothes in particular because (sighs) that was my request I wanted a baby girl I had never been that specific. I was always just like, Oh, okay, whatever, whatever God does is fine. No, Mm -hmm. this time, this is my request. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be specific. I went and brought baby girl clothes and I put them in areas around the house where I had to see them daily as a, as a reminder, as a faith reminder, this is going to happen. Don't doubt, just trust God. Yeah. Two weeks later, I got a blood test and found out I was having a girl.
1: Ain't that something? So fast forward, you became, you gave birth prematurely, right? Yes. And at 26 weeks, is that correct? Uh-huh. And what happened at that point? Because the baby is here, praise God. And what's her name?
0: My name is Rain
1: rain 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 and she shall rain all right now (laughs) because that is your name that's your email address so talk to me about some of the complications that took place
0: so at 26 weeks um, I began to experience symptoms of uh, preeclampsia and I found out that I had something um, not only a severe form of preeclampsia but another syndrome called help syndrome it's Mm. basically When you have elevated liver enzymes, your platelets um are in such a severe range that you're literally your blood's not clotting. Um, kidney failure, and I had it all. I had my kidneys weren't failing, my liver had failed. Um my platelets were in class one. Um, literally my blood was not clotting. I had vision. And my blood pressure um on the day it was like 262 over 150 something mm. oh my um, goodness completely stroke level blood yes. pressure yeah and that's the reason why i had to deliver my daughter at 26 weeks Jesus. she was fine but it was a means to save my life
1: wow so ebony at that point when you're having all those complications what is going through your head i know you're just saying god not again not again um
0: didn't think that it was at the time when I found out what was happening uh, we were in the emergency room I really didn't think that I was gonna have to have my daughter Mm. Uh, it happened on the heels of a trip Uh, we flew from DC to Las Vegas um, for the there's an award show called the stellar awards Mm -hmm. my husband do to perform at the cellar wood so that's why we were there mm-hmm. um while we were there i got sick so we rushed back home missed the show mm-hmm. so that i could come back home and figure out what was going on so in my mind i was thinking i just had like a blood clot from the you know the trip it really didn't register to me that it was you know i was going to have to have my baby until um the doctors came in and said okay well this is what you have we're going to keep you in the hospital. We think we can keep you pregnant till 32 weeks. So you're just going to stay here for about six more weeks, maybe longer if we can get it under control. Mm -hmm. After other blood work came back, they were like, it's worse than we thought. You're going to have to deliver your baby today.
1: Did you think Uh, you were going to lose her?
0: Oddly enough? No. Mm. I was never afraid of anything happening to her. Mm. The fear was was I, my husband about to be a widower and a single father.
1: Wow. wow. Um,
0: that was the thought because, you know, they're running all of these statistics about what 26 weekers are. And this is, you know, she can have brain bleeds, and cerebral palsy. She could be deaf. She could be blind. Um, she's probably going to have brain bleeds, her lungs are likely to collapse. They're telling me all this terrible stuff as they're running me into a C section. And all I could think is, mm am I going to survive this? I felt so terrible. I couldn't breathe. Um, They were pumping something called magnesium um, to kind of help lower the blood pressure, but it makes you feel like you have the flu. Um, It's it's a very horrible, horrible feeling. It actually burns when it goes into your veins. So I'm already swollen beyond recognition. I'm not feeling well. And I'm just like, God, are are you going to give us this baby at the expense of my life? That's not the prayer that I prayed. My, my, my. This was getting ready to happen. And um, I had a nurse, oddly enough, her name was Diva. Because <laughs> so that was odd. Um, because we'd always refer to Rain as a little baby Diva in the womb. And this lady prayed me through. The whole time they were prepping me for the C-section. She kept praying in my ear, you shall live and not die. You'll declare the works of the
1: Lord. Mm, praise God. Angels. Angels.
0: I'm telling you, that mm. lady... And I've never seen her again. I went hmm. back to the hospital and asked for her, and everybody was like, No, she doesn't work here. There's nobody what? that works here.
1: What? She doesn't work
0: here. I tried to search this lady out. It wasn't spelled like the regular diva way. Um, so I figured I wouldn't have an issue trying to find her, but I've not been able to find her since. So I, I don't know what to do with that. But wow. um, you she know, was she sent
1: was, and assigned to you.
0: Definitely. Definitely mm-hmm. sent. Um, yeah. So. We get the c-section um you know they're they explained to me that they're going to intubate and sedate me um to do the c-section so my husband could not be in the OR with me unfortunately and that I would spend the next at least the next 24 hours in the ICU mm-hmm. to allow my kidneys and my liver um to, to drain some of the fluid off of me and hopefully help me to recover mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The last thing I remember start praying in my ear and I woke up the next day in the ICU, I was still intubated. I
1: was
0: looking around. Nobody was there. Eventually some doctors came in and had explained to me, you know, that overnight, you know, the different things that they did, um, that they, you know, I'd undergone dialysis and that they were questioned of whether I would need a liver transplant that they put out all the paperwork, but, um, around midnight that night, I had my daughter at 6:53, and around midnight, apparently things began to shift, uh, with my organs. So they felt comfortable enough to lift the sedation, which is why I was they were going to try to take the tube out and see how I did breathing on my own. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: so they took the tube out. Um, then my husband came in and the first thing I asked once the tube came out is, is my baby. Okay. Is she okay? Sure. And, um, you know, my husband kept saying, you know, yeah, she's, she's good. You know, she weighs this amount and he said it to me in grams. And I'm like, I don't know what that equates to. I was like, they didn't tell you pounds. And he was like, no. So he pulled this phone out. We did the math and found out that she weighed one pound, 15 ounces. Mm, mm-hmm. And I never knew a baby. I I'd heard of one pound babies, but I had no idea that, you know, she was going to be okay. Um, yeah. i I really questioned it but um, later that night i was able to go um once everything kind of settled down in my health. around that next midnight one o'clock in the morning they wheeled me to the NICU where i met my daughter
1: my god
0: i laid eyes on her she was kicking and laying on her little arms all i could see was tubes and blankets and this little i mean literally size of the palm of my hand baby just kicking and just I'm just looking like God this came out of me this this little fighter
1: mm, I was just about to say she's a fighter a champion a warrior
0: but the thing that uh God reminded me in that moment the name that he gave my husband and I while we were in prayer there was a scripture that really I know carried me through our losses and our experience with infertility and that was second Timothy two and 12, which in short, the A clause says, if you suffer with him, mm,
1: you shall reign
0: with them. Yes. Yes. So we got the name rain. I was like, yep, her name is rain. That's it. And uh, we did We wanted my husband's initials RVF and his sister's name was Victoria. So I was like, okay, all right, rain Victoria. Little did I know that my daughter would literally reign Victoriously against all the odds, maturity against—you know—she had lung collapses all within her first uh, few days of life. Both of her lungs collapsed. She had over ten blood transfusions, Mm. um, infections, and even after the NICU, um, she spent three months in the NICU. Um, She came home and had croup, multiple bouts of RSV, pneumonia. Um, seizures. She had a heart condition that would cause her to have blue spells and let her oxygen drop. She has a rare um, lung condition even now. Um, it's called pulmonary fibromatosis, where basically there's like fib- you know, like fibroid tumors you hear women uh, speak of. Those same kind of tumors are in her lungs, in her airways, inside and outside. So with any kind of inflammation, like your common cold, or just a simple bug that may not be much to us, causes those airways to clamp down, causes her oxygen levels to drop. She can mm-hmm. be running around playing. And then the next minute she's on the ground and she's blue. she's fighting.
1: Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um,
0: so, you know, she went through radiation this time last year, we were going through radiation to shrink those tumors, um, to avoid a very deadly surgery, um, that could have left her in need of a lung transplant. The other option um, well, that was really the only option that I gave. They gave us and through prayer. The Lord led me to ask about radiation. Mm-hmm. So I began to look it up and I found out that there were a few cases of people who did radiation and saw success.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I fought with our insurance company to the nail, uh, but they finally agreed to it. We had to pay a certain amount of money. God did it so that we raised that money in less than a month. Good for you. And, um, we fought and we forged ahead, The pandemic, unfortunately, halted that um, because her doctors weren't comfortable. But when we went back after months, eight months of not having radiation, we were afraid that the tumors had probably grown. You know, Mm -hmm. it's wrong. No, the tumors were the exact same size. My
1: God, my, 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 my.
0: God literally carried us through the pandemic. She was admitted. And we're talking like she was getting admitted to pick you like every other month up to this point, mm. we had no emergency room visits, no admissions. Wow, she got off of oxygen. She was on full-time oxygen through the pandemic. She was able to get off of that. Okay, um, God. Our family unfortunately contracted COVID nineteen in October, but she did better than my husband and I.
1: Wow, wow.
0: The one that you know, her doctors didn't think that if she contracted it, she would live. Mm. Than both, she was babysitting us. Look I at know. that.
1: Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The,
0: you know, pitiful and miserable, and she was running around. Um, so she has literally um she could not have been named better.
1: I'm that telling was, you,
0: he could not have orchestrated that any better.
1: That's no. awesome, 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 awesome. Yeah. So you Ebony, breathing in is a moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions, right? So we talk about the issues. We also talk about the solutions. If there was an individual listening right now that has gone through what you've gone through um, and feels as though they cannot carry a child or they've lost children and they're scared to try again, how would you minister to them? If they were standing in front of you or if they're listening right now, what would you say to them?
0: I would tell someone who was struggling with um, whether they could emotionally handle that kind of disappointment. I would probably ask them, what do you have to lose? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What more can you lose when you've already lost hope? When you've lost uh, the inspiration to try again, what do you have to lose? And the answer to that, some would say you have nothing, but I would say, all you have to lose is your fear. Mm. All you have to lose is your doubt. Why not trust again? Why not trust that you've been through the worst already? um, And you've, you've survived 100% of your bad days. I love it. 100% of your bad days. So there isn't anything that you cannot survive. Um, But also with wisdom, I would also say to seek counseling. Um, Don't be afraid to seek counseling, um, to deal with the grief, um, to deal with um, the disappointment. Also, make sure that you know what you're up against. Um, It helps to know what to pray for. Go to your doctor. Don't move in ignorance. Know exactly what's going on in your body. Know what you're up against so that you know how to pray and you know how to do what you need to do on your end. Doctors are wonderful. I believe that they are, all, they are God sent, but at the end, God has the final say. So pray, ask, you know, ask him what to do in your situation if it is wise to proceed. Um, and you'll know, you'll know, uh, the Holy Spirit leads and guides us um, into all truth. He would never, ever, ever lead us astray. So I believe that prayer is the key um, to knowing how to proceed.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Ebony, you do some work with the March of Dimes. Oh, look at that time and the time has really gone by. Um, you do some work. Tell us a little bit about what you do um, with March of Dimes.
0: So I'm an ambassador um, for March of Dimes. I um, basically, it started by me telling my story um, to reach out to different corporate sponsors to help them to sponsor their work. But it also developed into me being able to go into NICUs um, to not only talk to parents, but to also talk to the workers, the doctors, the nurses, to understand how prematurity affects the whole family, um, the entire system. Um, We were also blessed to be the face of uh, their maternal health care campaign called It's Not Fine. Uh, my daughter and I were featured in the commercial and also the print ads. Um, and it basically enabled us to be on the front line of changing legislation. Um, as you may know, Black women are three to four times more likely to die of pregnancy-related complications right. than any of our counterparts. So yes. we've been you know, blessed with Mar- to work with March of Dimes to basically undig um, the causes behind that and to hopefully bring about radical change. Um, so as of a few months ago, My family, um, the Ford family was chosen to represent DC, Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia and Delaware, um, as the capital region ambassadors for the walk that they have every year which is called March for Babies. Um, So we are the family um, that is going to represent all of the families this year and it gives us an opportunity Um, to work with local legislators, um, to help, you know, change laws, to help, you know, with hospital policies and different things to not only accommodate uh, prematurity, but also um, maternal health care.
1: Nice. Very nice. And you, I just went to your website. Oh my God, she's adorable. She is absolutely adorable. Just want to eat her all up. And so share with the audience, your website and anything that you have going on.
0: Sure. So um, speaking of March of Dimes, uh, we are currently in our campaign fundraiser right now for March for Babies. Um, 100% of that goes to our work against, um, to work with prematurity. Um, There's testing now that can predict if a woman will have her baby early. It can predict up to six weeks. Um, All of those funds go to that. So um, if anyone is interested um, in being a part of that, um, they can go to my website, which is and she shall um, and she shall rain.com. And when you click in, there's automatically going to pop up a little pop up with a heart that says, you know, you can donate to team brain but you can also click there and learn about what we're doing on my website you can also find resources for prematurity um, preeclampsia all of the different causes there there's also a blog uh, where I've not only shared my story but I allow other parents to share their stories as well Um, whether it's prematurity maternal health care the like you can find so many different things there Um, you can also sign up for um, peer NICU counseling there And you can also find me on social media on Facebook, our pages and she shall rain and on Instagram, you can also find us at the same handle and she shall rain.
1: Nice. Thank you so much. And listeners, when you go to that website, you are just going to be overtaken by the cuteness. I'm telling you right now, because she is absolutely adorable. So much cuteness. You know what, Ebony, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for what you do for March of Dimes and for all of these families that are out there, because it's so needed. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, that's my privilege.